0: God is great. He's greater than anything you're going through. He can help you through anything. And so as the, as the band and Bob kind of switch places, let me introduce Bob Dinges. I'm, I'm not even saying your last name right, brother. Goodness sakes. But what I do know about Bob uh, is that God's Holy Spirit has been working through him in a powerful way. And as I, as pastor, kind of stepped down to listen to him preach understand that he is a business guy who God has been using behind the scenes and then has called to help lead a ministry. And so if you think, you know, for yourself, oh my goodness, well, I'm not, I'm not a a pastor. I'm not a professional. I'm not ordained. You know, ministry is for those folks. Um, Understand that God can use you right where you are. And as you pray, God, I want to be used by you. That's a dangerous prayer because God may call you in any particular direction. And so, uh, so he has, uh, has been in business. He's worked in a lot of different ways. Aldersgate Renewal Ministries is a worldwide kind of organization. Based in the United States, most of what they do is here. They come into churches and to help us to understand how to live by God's power, whether you're a professional clergy person or whether you're retired or whether you're in business, wherever you are. And so um, would you pray with me for a moment? God, thank you for Bob's life, for his heart. Thank you for what the team the whole team did for us these past couple of days, but we know that you're, you're still working right this very minute. And so we know that you are here. We know that you have helped Bob to minister in both the, the business world and in the church world and around the world. And as he speaks to us, we pray that you would open our heart and our mind to whatever you want to teach us and whatever you want to do in our hearts and our lives. We thank you. We're ready to be taught by you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you
1: Nathan, my brother. Well, it is good to be retired. <laughs> I can do these types of programs with uh, with not too much trouble. Wow, what a what a wonderful weekend uh, we had here. Um, I want to thank to thank the entire church, and especially all of you who are participated in the weekend uh, for your attention and your enthusiasm. And especially the love that you showed all of us as a team. Uh, We can just tell that there's uh, an element of love that runs through this entire church. I want to especially thank Pastor Custer and Jeanette McConnell and her uh, team for making this weekend possible. Uh, Believe me, Life in the Spirit weekends are not solely for the church. They're also for the team members. And I think if you ask any of the, the of, of our team members, they will tell you that. Um, and all of us will carry part of Marysville first back with us when uh, we leave here. Was the Holy Spirit here this weekend? You bet he was. And from what I say, I don't think he's going to be leaving anytime soon. As a matter of fact, no matter No matter what you may hear or read about the United Methodist Church these days, the Holy Spirit is alive and well in many Methodist churches throughout the U.S. and also throughout the world. And pastors and congregations are still catching fire. This weekend was all about learning more intimately who the Holy Spirit is, what he's about, and what he wants to do in our lives. But the Holy Spirit is also a gentleman. He doesn't intrude where he wasn't wanted. And praise God that so many of you so intensely wanted a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit that he showed up this weekend in power. We learned a lot about the Holy Spirit this weekend. Did any of you that were here realize how complex the Holy Spirit was? Well, hopefully the participant books that you now have will inspire you and encourage you to continue to learn more and more about him. They're really set up perfectly to allow you to begin a series of follow-up Bible studies or small group studies on the Holy Spirit. Uh, before I begin my message this morning, I, and, and the message is spiritual maturity, how do we get there? Before I begin, I'd like uh, you to pray with me. Well, Father God, I thank you. I thank you for this weekend. I thank you for all these people. Above all, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that reached down and touched so many lives this weekend. We learned so much about him. So this morning, I pray, Lord, that... uh, All the words that I say are pleasing to you, that they are indeed not my words, but your words, not my thoughts, but your thoughts, and I'll be sure to give you all the praise and the glory. In your name we pray, amen. Um, The scripture comes from Hebrews 5, 11 through 14, and I'm going to read this, um, In uh, the Message Translation, I have a lot more to say about this, but it's hard to get it across to you since you picked up this bad habit of not listening. By this time, you ought to be teachers yourselves. Yet here I find you need someone to sit down with you and go over the basics on God again. Starting from square one, baby's milk. When you should have been on solid food long ago. Milk is for beginners, inexperienced in God's ways. Solid food is for the mature who have some practice in telling right from wrong. The word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. Uh, The writer of Hebrews, and the best guess that uh, scholars have is it was Paul, uh, was really concerned about the situation in the church in his day. But you know, the same situation is present in all of our churches today. Most of us lack spiritual maturity. The writer says we become dull of hearing. What he means is we've simply stopped moving forward in our quest to become better Christians. While by now we should all be able to teach others, we can barely learn more ourselves about being a Christian. We seem satisfied to to drink milk because chewing solid food is hard, it's too much trouble, or maybe we're just too lazy. Dull hearing doesn't mean there's anything wrong with our ears. It means that something is wrong with our heart. Your heart no longer is eager and diligent to embrace the promises of the Word of God. This reminds me of riding a bicycle up a hill. I don't like to do that. It's hard work. Anything but easy. Everything's fine while you continue to pedal. But when you stop pedaling, what happens? You don't just stand there. You move backwards, faster and faster. I think that's what many of us do and a lot of us don't even realize it. What does it take to grow up and become spiritually mature? Why do some Christians not grow as they should? Well, this weekend, That we spend with the Holy Spirit teaches us that becoming a believer and accepting Christ as our Savior is only the first step. Having the Holy Spirit empower our lives is the logical next step in our growth. Babies are immature, both physically and mentally, but we expect them to develop. And if they don't develop, there's a problem, obviously, as one is born again as a child, he is spiritually immature. But as time passes, he should develop the qualities or the abilities which the Bible says characterizes the mature. A congregation matures as individual members within that congregation mature. And many Scriptures describe the need to grow and to mature spiritually. Ephesians 4 says, Be no longer children, but grow up in Christ. 2 Peter 3, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And 2 Thessalonians 1 says, The Thessalonians grew exceedingly in faith. Well, there's one word that threads through all those three verses, and that word is grow. Well, Many problems result when church members fail to grow. When they're not moving forward, they're moving backwards. Some go back to a more worldly life. Others can cause problems in a church because they don't understand what the Bible says and others stop regularly coming to church or or become indifferent. We all need to take steps to grow spiritually. Just as a baby needs to do certain things to grow physically, so Christians need certain kinds of activities to grow spiritually. But you know the truth is, we never grow unless we want to grow. And let's face it, it's easy to be a baby. No responsibility. Others feed you. Others close you. Others change your diapers. In the church, the immature Christians don't have to teach. They don't have to rebuke sin. They don't have to do work. It's a free ride. But being a baby should not be our goal in this life. We all start life in diapers, but it shouldn't be our goal to stay in them. You're only young once, but you can stay immature indefinitely. We must want to grow and become a mature Christian, and that begins when we truly lay down our sins and repent. We start growing. When you become a Christian, you can either move forward or move, move backward. There's no middle ground. And the scriptures teach that growth is always needed. Paul talks about his own maturity in Philippians 3. He says, As mature as he was, he did not consider himself to have achieved perfection such that he could strive to stop improving. He forgot past achievements and failures and pressed on to do other accomplishments. In Matthew 26, Peter thought he had had reached a level where he would never deny Christ. But that very night, he denied him three times. And in 1 Corinthians 10, it says, Christians will never reach the point where we're so mature that we can't fall. One of the main reasons Christians don't grow is they don't see the need to keep growing. And that's because they don't have a burning desire in their hearts to do more for the Lord. Good parents are concerned about proper nutrition. They want their, their kids to eat what is good and not bad for them. And really, most kids want good nourishment too. Babies cry for food. Even adults know we need food. But likewise, spiritually, we can't grow without feeding on God's word. We get this nourishment by attending church, by studying the Bible, attending church functions, like Sunday school, Bible studies, maybe Life in the Spirit seminars. In those verses I read in the beginning about Hebrews 5, we see that Christians were rebuked for not growing as they should because they hadn't studied. Time and time again, church members fall away or are spiritual midgets because they don't eat properly. We need to use our Bibles daily. We need regular nourishment. And I'm as guilty as any of you for doing that. We're not doing that. How many hours this week did you spend watching TV? How much time did you spend on a hobby or an outside interest this week? How many hours this week did you spend reading and studying your Bible? How many church services did you attend? How many did you miss that you could have attended? Ouch. Ouch. And as I reflect on it, I'm still a pretty immature Christian. I do do a lot of things that are right. I routinely go to church. I routinely go to Sunday school. I also frequently go to, uh, to various church conferences. I go to church every Saturday morning, and I have for over 30 years, uh, with a group of guys that we pray at the foot of the cross in our church. So far so good, but there are many things that I don't do right, that I know I should, and maybe some of you are like me. Although I have quality prayer time on Saturday mornings and, and also during any kind of crisis situation, I don't find myself routinely praying every day, at least the way I should. I don't attend our pastor's Bible study, which is on Tuesday nights, even though my wife encourages me. I don't attend uh, a Bible Bible study we have on church on Sunday nights. And although I read the Bible and Bible commentaries, especially when I'm preparing a Sunday school lesson or preparing a message like today, I don't routinely find myself reading the Bible every day. And devotions, they're kind of hit and miss. See what I mean? In preparing for this weekend, my wife and I were talking about all of the Holy Spirit experiences that we've had. And we've had a ton of them. But most of them were some years back. Not so many in the past few years. And as we talked about it, I thought there might be two reasons for this. First, when you've had supernatural experiences with the Holy Spirit, you have no choice but to believe. When you've had supernatural experiences with the Holy Holy Spirit, you have to believe. Uh, When you've been healed, when you've been touched in some way, you have to believe. You can no longer deny the power of God once you've personally seen it. You don't necessarily need reinforcing all the time because your belief is already there. But the other reason is perhaps a little bit more troubling. As we get older, sometimes we don't ride our bikes as much. And maybe occasionally we stop pedaling and kind of coast. However, as I've said, if you don't move move forward, you move backwards. I remember when my wife Lynn first accepted Christ. It was about two years before me. Boy, was she excited. She was a real pain in the neck. She really, really was. She absolutely devoured everything she could find. Different subjects different translations, different commentaries. She read all this. When did she read it? At night, in bed, while I was trying to sleep. And just as I was dozing, she would jab me in the ribs and say, ooh, ooh, listen to this, this is so exciting. She had just read a, a new revelation and it was exciting, at least to her. And that's how often it is with new Christians. Now, I didn't understand that until I became one. When Lynn first became a Christian, she was compelled to, to read everything she could find. It was different for me. When I first accepted Christ, I felt compelled to attend Moody Bible Institute. I knew I, I needed to learn, I needed to grow because my, my story, and if you were here last night, you heard that, I was an empty page. I knew I needed to grow, and the best way for me was to go to classes. The very first course I took was how to pray. I knew that that would be the, the cornerstone of my faith going forward. And Lynn joined me uh, after a time, and both of us continued to attend Moody uh, Bible Institute for over 15 years and received degrees. But this was the first step that I took in maturing as a Christian. After 40 years of being a Christian, do I still need Sunday school and Bible studies? Of course I do. We all need to work at it. And the final step in becoming a mature Christian is realizing that it does take time and patience. We can't expect to reach our goal overnight. By by definition, growth takes time, It, it progresses and develops as time passes. To become perfect and mature, lacking nothing, we have to have a lot of patience. Some newborn Christians want to know everything and do everything right away because they are really excited, but they may not be willing to take the time to study and develop abilities. So if you're relatively new to the faith, understand that it is going to take time because you won't mature overnight. But don't get discouraged and give up. And those Christians on their way to becoming mature believers should not be impatient or overly demanding on those who are new in the faith. Remember how long it took our children to get things right. It feels like it took them forever. My kids, maybe more than most. They spilled their milk, sometimes over their head. I remember that. They didn't hold their spoons properly. They, they fell off their bikes over and over again. And we kin- continually corrected and instructed and encouraged them. And sometimes we had to tell them they were wrong. Growing up is tough. Some of my favorite Bible characters messed up a lot. And God had to rebuke them. Yeah, I'm thinking about Moses about Peter, Paul, David, Thomas, and yet all of these are remembered as some of God's greatest servants. It's no shame to be a baby if you were born a few months ago. But if a person has been a child of God for several years and has not grown, he has a problem. Everyone needs to grow as a Christian, and everyone can grow if he or she simply applies the Bible principles of growth. So what do I want you to remember from my message this morning? The message is not about salvation. It's about that other son, sanctification. It's been about, as, as Paul Harvey used to say, you older people will remember this. And now, here's the rest of the story. One of my favorite verses is Romans ten nine through 10. Paul tells us, if we confess with our mouths, Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen. And that's salvation. And if you've done that, heaven can't be taken away from you. But there's something beyond that. There's the next step, which is growing in Jesus, and that's sanctification. We've been here this weekend to learn more about the Holy Spirit. We've learned that he's complex, and there are many attributes to him but i like to think him most of all think of him most of all as my helper we can't become a mature christian ourselves we neither have the strength nor the ability only through the reliance on the holy spirit can we continue to grow in faith and let it be so